So we're glad that you're here this morning. We want to welcome our uh, online audience, those that are joining us today. We're glad you're joining with us this morning. And really just looking forward to what God has. As you already heard a little this morning from Pastor Ian, uh, we are going to be kick-starting officially tonight at 6.30, our 21 days of prayer, fasting, and giving. And uh, we're really excited about coming together tonight. We have a special night for the kids. We have a special movie night going on for our children uh, from nursery up to fifth grade. Uh, so if you've got a child that's nursery to fifth grade age, we will have special child care and a special movie night going for them. Uh, and then we're going to be having a special night of worship and prayer. Uh, Brother Glenn and Melissa Webb, along with some guest worship leaders, Brandon and Karis Snyder, are going to be here tonight helping to lead worship. And we've got some strategic points of prayer. We're really just going to press in uh, to this 21 days of prayer and fasting and really just kick start it tonight, I really believe, with a Holy Ghost boost, okay? So if you want to come be a part of something awesome, we invite you to come tonight. And along the lines of our 21 days of prayer and fasting, let me just remind you of our four things that we challenged you to do last Sunday, right? So we said, number one, uh, you need to define your fast. And so you need to literally write that down. We're going to be starting tonight at 6.30, so you need to define the fast. Uh, and then we said you need to write it down and stick to it. So that's really a part of being successful in this process is really just defining, hey, this is what I'm going to do, uh, and then I'm going to write it down, I'm going to stick to it, and if I fall, if I fall down, I'm just going to get back up, right? Tomorrow's a brand new day. His mercies are new every morning, and this is not about living under condemnation and guilt. This is about making a commitment to God so that we can learn how to say no to our flesh and yes to the Spirit, and we can be refined on the inside so God can work through us to see great things happen. So define the fast. The second thing we said that you need to do is you need to write down specific points of prayer. And so I want to encourage you, if you haven't done that yet, you've got till 6.30 tonight, right, uh, to go ahead, right? I mean, you know, you always think about in class, y'all remember being in high school or, or maybe being in college, and you had those kids that when the, when the homework assignment went out, they went home on day one and started working on it. And then you got the other kids like me that waited till the last day. And uh, so I wonder how many last days homework assignment people we got in the house here today. Anybody willing to raise their hand saying, I'm working on it, Pastor Keith? Yeah, that's what I kind of thought. So uh, go home today, right? And write down some specific points of prayer. That's not all you're going to pray about, but it's going to be some specific things. Kelly and I. Uh, we have a specific prayer uh, focus for our family that we're going to be praying over the next 21 days. We have a specific uh, prayer focus for the ministry, for the church that we're going to be praying over. Uh, and then we have some specific personal uh, uh, points of prayer that me and her individually are praying over for our own lives. And so I want to encourage you, if you are married, uh, this is a great opportunity to maybe share uh, and come together as a couple uh, whether you pray together or pray separately, at least you're praying specifically, maybe for your family, specific things that you're believing God for. So it's a great opportunity uh, to do that. So be specific, write those down, and then make a commitment. I'm going to pray specifically over these two, three, four, five things over the next 21 days. And then the third thing we said is when you pray, when you fast, and then when you give, right? Jesus said when you give. We said ask God to show you a specific person or people that you could invest in over the next 21 days. And we kind of framed it up like this. We said uh, ask God to show you somebody that needs what you already have. Somebody that needs 
what you already have. And that can be a wide variety of things from resources to time to energy to encouragement to prayer to support to friendship to relationship. And just ask God, Lord, show me somebody that needs what I already have and then make a commitment to invest in that person over the next 21 days or per sins. And I, I, I challenge you to think about maybe one, two, or three people. And I'm going to be honest with you, I kind of had in my mind I was going to do three people. And as I was praying this week, uh, the Lord really just gave me one person. And he said, I want you to focus on this one person. And I want you to invest in them over the next 21 days. So I'm going to invest in them. So I've got their name written down. Right? So write it down. And then be on purpose. And then the last thing we said, the fourth thing, is we said you need to commit to a daily devotional or to a daily scripture reading plan. And we shared with you last week our book called Soar, which is a 30-day devotional. And I want to go ahead and thank you guys. We had 100 books and we sold out last week. And uh, so I really appreciate that. We've got some more ordered. They probably won't be in until next week, hopefully. Uh, but you can go to Amazon.com and pick up one of these and have it shipped to your house this week. But we encourage you, whether you use this book or another book or whether you use an online reading plan, that you need to commit. Commit. Y'all say that with me? Commit to a daily devotional, daily reading plan where you say, this is what I'm going to read. This is what I'm going to do every day. I'm going to spend this much time in the Word. I'm going to spend time in prayer. I am going to be doing these things, and I'm going to make that commitment. So in light of that fourth step, we're going to begin today a four-week series entitled Hashtag You Can Soar, right? And I was, I was bragging at the 8 o'clock service, this is my first hashtag title, I think. So I did like this at 8 o'clock service. I think I did it all wrong. I don't know. I said, this will be my first really cool sermon title. Hashtag. How do I do it? Like that? Wasn't that awesome? Y'all are all amazed now, I can tell. All the older people are saying, what does a number sign have to do with anything? Right? <laughs> Used to be a number sign, now it's a hashtag. Anyway, we're going to begin a four-week series entitled You Can Soar. And we're going to talk about the seven steps because I shared with you last week that this book was really written out of my own quiet time. Six months ago, God changed the way I do my own quiet time. And he gave me six specific things that he wanted me to begin to do in my daily life as a part of my daily time of prayer and intimacy with him. And, and as I began to do it and God began to work in my life and I shared it with Kelly and she began to do it, we have been revolutionized. We have really been changed. It has taken not only our time of, of intimacy with God to a new level, but we really feel like it's taken our lives and our ministries to another level where God's doing some fresh things in us because there are some specific things that he desires to do in our lives on a daily basis. So we're going to walk through those seven steps over the next few weeks together. And whether you buy the book or use the book is irrelevant. What you're going to find out is these seven steps, daily disciplines, are going to be huge if you can begin to apply them consistently to your life. Amen? So here we go. We're going to jump in. So let's look in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31. Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. Have you never heard... Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary, and no one can measure the depths 
of his understanding. Isaiah the prophet under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is kind of reminding the nation of Israel. He says, guys, have you never heard, have you never understood that the Lord is the everlasting God? He's the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak. He never grows weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. In other words, he's saying, guys, I just want to remind you that our God is a great, big, awesome, mighty, supernatural, powerful God. He is big enough. He is strong enough. He is mighty enough. He is great enough, he is wise enough, he is discerning enough to do everything that needs to be done for his will, his plan, his purpose to be fulfilled in the earth and in your life. He is a great big God. How many glad we serve a great big God this morning? Amen. He is not weak, he is mighty. Then look at verse 29. I love verse 29. He says, and he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. I don't know about you, I can identify with that verse because there have been many times in my life I felt very weak and there have been many times in my life that I felt very powerless against the circumstances and situations. You ever felt like you were fighting an uphill battle and no matter how hard you tried, nothing was going to work? I've been there and done that. But let me tell you something good about God. The Bible says He gives power to the weak. He gives strength to those who are powerless. So if you're here today and you've got your life all together and you don't need God, then Lord, we pray a special blessing over you. But if you're here today like me and you realize that you are weak and you are many times powerless over the circumstances and situations of your life and you realize like I do that I need God today more than I've never ever needed him any single day of my life. Then the great news of the gospel is that God who is a great big God full of power and might and strength loves and takes delight in giving power and strength to those who need it. Look at verse 30. Even youth become weak and tired. And young men will fall in exhaustion. But verse 31, if you've read the Bible, been around Christianity for a while, you've probably heard this verse. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I believe Isaiah 40 verse 31 is the will of God and the plan of God and the purpose of God for your life. God wants to give you new strength. God wants you to soar high on wings like eagles. God wants you to run and not grow weary and walk and not grow faint. Let me tell you why. Because you were created in the image and likeness of God. And you were created with a divine purpose. And your life matters. And you were created and intended by God to be a part of something not just bigger than you, something eternal and supernatural and spiritually what we're going to call significant in the eyes of God. And you are never going to do the things God has called you to do unless you tap into the strength that God wants you to have. You and I need His strength, His power, His might if we're going to run and not grow weary, if we're going to walk and not grow faint, if we're going to mount up on wings like eagles. If you've ever raised a baby and got through that first six months, you know how much the strength of God is required. Especially if you had one of those babies that didn't want to sleep. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, come on. You can't get through life without the strength and sufficiency of God. And the reality is, is we need His power. Because we were created in His image for His glory and for His so look at that first point on your outline. 
so sore. This devotional book is designed to help us do several things. I'm just going to kind of break down and talk through this first point while you fill in your blanks. It's designed to help us put our trust in the Lord. Let me talk about that for just a second. It is designed to help us put our trust in the Lord. Think about that. How do I deepen my trust? How do I deepen my faith in God? Well, the Apostle Paul actually tells us how. He makes this statement. He says, I am, I am, I am, I know in whom I have believed, he said, and I am fully persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed to him. Paul said, I know in whom I have believed, and I am fully persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him. So listen to what Paul said. Paul said, because I know God, I am confident in God. Because I know in whom I believe, I am fully persuaded. I have confidence and faith and trust in God that he's able to keep, sustain, empower, and provide everything that I need in every moment of my life. Why? Because I know in whom I have believed. See, the way that we deepen our trust and our faith in God is that we deepen our relationship in knowing him. The more I know him, the more I'll trust him. Right? And this whole process is about cultivating an intimate relationship with God where you know Him more. Now, I didn't say know about Him. It's not about the more you know about God. Because there's a lot of information about God that's not accurate to God. You ever met a religious person that knew a lot about God, but they didn't know God? And you know what? If you know a lot about God, but you don't know God, you won't trust God. But if you know God, not just know about Him, right? Because Christianity is not about an information knowledge. It is about an information experience where I begin to experience God and know God in a personal way. And the more I know Him, the more I trust Him. And so I want to just say to you today, the more you know God, the deeper your trust and your confidence in Him is going to become. And the Bible says that it is my trust in God that helps me renew my strength. And it is my trust in God that helps me mount up on wings like eagles. And it is my trust in God that helps me run and not grow weary. And it is my trust in God that helps me to walk and not grow faint. So if I want to deepen my trust in Him, I've got to deepen my intimacy with Him. Because the more I know him is the more I will trust him. Now that's not always true of people, right? Sometimes the more you know people, the less you trust people. <laughs> you realize they don't have character and integrity. But the good news about God is the more you know him, the more you'll trust him. So the secret or the key to knowing God or trusting God more is knowing God better. So the more I know him intimately, the more I will trust him confidently so that I can walk in the things that God has. So this book is really geared about deepening that trust, but it's also geared toward developing a daily discipline. And we're going to talk about that just a little bit more in a second, so I'm going to bypass that for a second. So we want to develop a daily discipline, but then look at that next part in that statement. It says not only do we want to develop a daily discipline, but we want to invigorate. Look at that. Invigorate our hearts and our minds. Let me tell you something exciting about Christianity. Christianity is not about checking your brain at the door. Christianity is about engaging your intellectual, mental capacities and emotional depths in connection with God. See, the purpose of this 30-day devotional, the purpose of our 21 days of prayer and fasting is that you are going to connect with God in a way that is going to engage you intellectually. 
It has been said that the highest thought that a man can think are the thoughts that he thinks about God. You want to unlock your creativity? Begin to wrap your mind around God. You want to unlock your imagination? Begin to wrap your mind around God. Begin to think about Him. Think about His Word. Think about His nature. Think about His character. And all of a sudden, the more you dwell on Him, all of a sudden, the more you connect with Him, the more your mind, your thoughts, your imagination, your creativity comes alive. Because who gave you that capacity? God did. And not only does it bring you alive intellectually and mentally, but also uh, uh, emotionally. Now, I, I, I say this a lot, and I'm so glad this is true. I'm not led by my feelings. I'm led by faith. But I'm glad I can feel. And I don't know about you. I like to feel God. And when you know Him, isn't it amazing that when you get in His presence, you'll feel His presence? You'll feel his power, and sometimes emotionally you'll feel him to such a degree that you'll weep. Sometimes you'll shout. Sometimes you'll get totally silent. Kelly knows when I'm not saying anything, God must be talking to me. That was supposed to be funny because I talk a lot. This process, the next 21 days of prayer, fasting, and giving is intended to invigorate and engage you on an emotional, mental level. That you come alive emotionally and mentally as you begin to know God and connect to Him at a whole new level. And not only is this about invigorating your heart and your mind, but it's also about strengthening your spirit, right? Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We want to grow spiritually strong. We want to grow, grow strong in the Spirit. We want to walk in His mighty power and His mighty deeds. Because it's not just about what God wants to do in us. It's about what God wants to do through us so that we lay hands on the sick and they recover. And we speak the word and those who are tormented find peace. And all of a sudden we minister the life and the love of God and broken things are restored. And all of a sudden God brings life where there was death because we have been made strong in the Spirit. So this process over the next 21 days is about strengthening your spirit so that you begin to grow in the supernatural things of God. It's also, look at that last one, it's also about empowering us to mount up on wings like eagles. What does that really mean? I want to say it this way. It means living your life at your highest level. Living your life at your highest level. I want you to think about this for just a second. When you are rightly connected to God in an intimate place of knowing Him, you know what will happen? The winds of adversity will fill your wings of opportunity. You think about an eagle. What does an eagle do? An eagle soars on the winds. He soars on the waves. He goes above the storms. The things that drive the other animals to the ground drive the eagles to new heights. And when you are rightly connected to God, when you are walking in a place of daily intimacy with Him and you are growing and maturing, you know what will happen? The winds of adversity will fill the wings of opportunity and you'll rise to a new height. Because guess what? You don't have to act like the devil just so somebody else acts like the devil. You don't have to be cruel just because somebody else is cruel. You can rise above that. You don't have to be selfish because somebody else is selfish. Right? You don't, you don't have to be hateful because somebody else was hateful to you. You can rise. 
And you know what I love about being rightly connected to God is when the world brings something against you and the devil brings something against you, what was intended to drive you to the earth and bring you to a crashing destruction will lift you up on wings like eagles and you'll start soaring above the circumstances and situations of your life and you'll mount up in a new place and the devil will say, I thought I was going to get him and God said I promoted him. Because the same thing that destroys one person promotes another person based on how you are in your right relationship with God. Your heart condition determines whether you crash and burn or rise and soar on the winds of adversity. So let's talk about daily discipline for just a minute. John Maxwell, let me give you a quote, one of my favorite authors. John Maxwell said, you will never change your life until you change something you do daily. You'll never change your life until you change something you do daily. The secret of your success is found in your daily routine. Let me say it to you this way. Victory and defeat are not the result of occasional decisions. Victory and defeat are the result of daily decisions. You are victorious or you are defeated not based on an occasional decision. Right? You didn't make one bad decision and because you made one bad decision your life is over. And you didn't make one good decision and because you made one good decision you're really successful. No. You are either successful or failing. You are either victorious or defeated, not based on occasional decisions, but based on the daily decisions and disciplines of your life. And if you want to change your life, you have to change what you do daily. See, we want to make occasional decisions that change our lives. But let's be really honest. If you look at yourself, it's not a once in a six month I made a good decision that's going to get you out of financial debt. It's not every three months I really love my wife so we have a healthy marriage. It's not every six weeks I have a real conversation with my kids and so now we have a good relationship. It's not every Sunday I come to church and listen to the Bible being preached and songs being sung so I have an awesome relationship with God. Now, it's not what you do occasionally. It's what you do daily that determines whether you have victory or defeat, whether you have success or whether you have failure. It is your daily discipline. And the heartbeat behind this whole 21-day process is that we need to cultivate daily disciplines that are going to set us up to succeed in life, in our families, in our finances, in our spiritual walk with God, in the ministry that God has called us to, and in every arena of our life. And apart from a genuine, real daily discipline, nothing will ever change. As a matter of fact, let me say it like this. Your life is currently producing the results that your daily disciplines dictate. You're actually getting what you have daily decided to get. The results of your life are today the fruit of your daily decisions. And if you want to change the results of your life, you've got to change your daily decisions and get a new daily routine. 
And the good news is it doesn't take massive change. Small change implemented daily makes huge change in our lives. So over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about seven things that you can implement daily that I believe personally from my own experience will change your and my life for good. So look at that next thought. So seven steps to personal growth and spiritual significance. Let me talk about that real quick. Two words there, or four words, personal growth and spiritual significance. You'll never succeed in life unless you grow personally. You'll never succeed in marriage unless you grow personally. You'll never succeed in business unless you grow personally. You'll never succeed financially unless you grow personally. Most of us, if you're still making financial decisions like you made when you were 13 years old, then you probably still live like a teenager, broke, busted, and disgusted. But if you will grow personally and make more mature financial decisions, then guess what will happen? Personal growth produces financial success, produces marital happiness, produces uh, ministry fruitfulness, produces joy and peace and life. Now we all know 60, 70, 80 year old people who still act like they're 20 years old and there's nothing wrong with being full of energy and life, but there is something wrong with still thinking like a 20 year old when I'm an 80 year old. Somewhere along the line you got to grow up. And if you don't grow up in some specific areas of your life and personally grow, then you're going to find yourself stuck. And let me tell you how you know you're stuck. You know you're stuck and you need to grow personally if you're walking around the same old mountains and experiencing the same old problems just a different day. That's what happens. I'm stuck. How do I know I'm stuck? Well, I've got the same problem in this relationship that I had the last five relationships. And I got the same problem on this job as I had in the last five jobs. And I got the same problem in this circumstance as I had in the last five circumstances. And the reason I'm walking through, walking around the same old mountain is because I haven't grown and matured as an individual. So part of this process is about cultivating personal growth because I need to grow as a husband. I need to grow as a father. I need to grow as a pastor. I need to grow as an individual who manages money in my own life and in the, in the ministry that God has called us to. I need to grow in those areas. And if I don't grow in those areas, I become stagnant and stale and stuck in those areas. And I end up going around the same old mountains. I always believe there's always mountains to climb and there's always enemies to conquer. But I've just decided I want to fight new ones. <laughs> I want to climb new mountains. <laughs> And fight new demons and new devils for new levels, right? So I've got to grow. This process, 21 days, prayer, fasting, and giving, is about cultivating personal growth. That's why this book is interactive. It's going to challenge you to think about your priorities. It's going to challenge you to visualize your day and your life. It's going to challenge you to engage the Holy Spirit in what you're doing on a daily, daily uh, process. And it's through those simple things that we're going to implement in our life that we're going to grow personally. And then not only is there personal growth, but we have to have spiritual significance. Because if we don't have spiritual significance, then what the Bible talks about becomes true. Jesus said it this way. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? So what has to happen is personal growth has to be connected to spiritual significance. Because it's not enough for you to make a lot of money. And it's not enough for you to get everything you want. And it's not enough for you to be temporarily happy. 
if what you are growing in personally does not connect you spiritually to the things of God that are eternal, then what you have is a temporal reward that will not last. But if you'll allow personal growth to couple you to spiritual significance where you begin to use your personal growth to advance God's kingdom, you begin to use personal growth to advance God's ministry, you begin to use personal growth to win souls, make disciples, destroy the works of the devil, then all of a sudden you begin to live a life of personal growth and spiritual significance that's going to leave a legacy and lay up for you an eternal reward. And so those two things are necessary. So this process, this little book, and these 21-day process is about that. It's about how do I grow personally, and how do I connect personal growth to spiritual significance so that my life really matters. So step one, let's look at it today. If you've been at liberty any amount of time, you've heard this first little phrase. If you've been through an encounter, you've heard this phrase. Y'all read it with me. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Step one. Step one begins with good morning, Holy Spirit. Pastor Keith, isn't that elementary? It is so elementary, it is deep. It is profound. It is the simplest, wise thing you've ever heard in your life. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Look at that statement. Personal growth and spiritual significance. I want you to see this. I gave you three words. Begins, ends, and is sustained through the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. Personal growth and spiritual significance only happens. It begins with the person of the Holy Spirit. It ends with the person of the Holy Spirit. It is sustained through the person of the Holy Spirit. Apart from the Holy Spirit's presence and power in your life, you will never personally grow and become the person God has called you to be, and you will never mark this world for the glory of God and leave a legacy and lay up an eternal reward. Why? Because everything that we need to do what God has called us to do has to come to us through the person of God. The Holy Spirit. Now, if you've never been in an encounter, maybe you've not heard a lot of teaching about the Holy Spirit, I'm going to give you my crash course. Here it is. God the Father is in heaven. Jesus is in heaven. The Holy Spirit is the only part of God on earth living in us. So why are you ignoring him? God the Father is in heaven. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father, ever living to intercede for us. And the Holy Spirit is the only part of the Godhead that is on earth, living and abiding and dwelling in us. He is our helper. He is our comforter. He is our strength. He is the one that teaches us. He's the one that leads us. He's the one that guides us. He's the one that helps us. He is the one that empowers us. And without him, we have nothing. But through him, we have everything. So it all begins. Pastor Keith, this is so simple. It is so simple, it is profound. It all begins, it all ends, and it is all sustained through the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. What do I mean by good morning, Holy Spirit? I simply mean this. You need to start every day acknowledging the person of the Holy Spirit. You need to begin every day acknowledging and inviting and engaging your heart and your life with the person of the Holy Spirit, with God who is with you, God who is in you, God who wants to help you, God who wants to strengthen you, God who wants to empower you. You've got to begin every day and then walk every day fully engaged in that acknowledgement and that intimacy with the person of the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to tell you I'm a Holy Ghost junkie. I can't live without him. 
And sometimes, I'm just going to be honest with you, sometimes I want to kick myself. Because sometimes I'll get in the middle of something and it'll be something what we would consider like really carnal, right? The washing machine will tear up. And I'll find myself an hour into trying to fix this crazy washing machine without ever asking the Holy Spirit to help me. And an hour into it, I finally like, ding, 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 what are you doing? Holy Spirit, help me. And usually he says, call Mike. I should have thought of that an hour ago. I'm just telling you. Every moment of every day has to be lived in intimate communion with the Holy Spirit. And that doesn't mean i got to constantly talk to Him and constantly, quote, mentally acknowledge Him. It just means I begin the day and I walk through the day and I end the day in intimacy, in relationship. Acknowledging, communicating, and engaging my heart and my life with the person of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a couple scriptures. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, we all know this scripture if you've been around Christianity for a while. Jesus is speaking, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And you will receive power, dunamis, supernatural dynamite power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. When what God has put in you comes upon you, there is an empowerment of the Holy One. But guess what? God doesn't just empower you so he can empower you. God empowers you for a purpose. And Acts chapter 1 actually tells us the purpose of, of divine empowerment. It says, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Let's talk about spiritual significance for a second. How are you ever going to live a life of spiritual significance if you don't tell people about Jesus? If you don't pray for people, if you don't encourage people, if you don't minister to people, if you don't reach out to people in the name of Jesus, how are you ever going to live a spiritually significant life if your life is not connecting people to Christ who died for them and for me and for you? And so what does the Holy Spirit do? He empowers us to be a witness. And think about it. Think about how, how crazy it is. We can talk to everybody about everything except for Jesus. Right, tomorrow, right, well, tomorrow night we got the national championship game. Come on, all our Alabama fans, give us a very big. And Lord, we hope we win, right? Every year we pray and fast on uh, the national championship game. I think that helps our team. John Wesley's an Auburn fan. I will pray and fast for Auburn too when they're in it. I will. Tomorrow I'll pray to fasting for Alabama. But here's what's crazy. Wear your Alabama jersey to Walmart tomorrow. People you don't know will see you across the aisle. They'll say, roll tide. Right? You'll high five a stranger in Walmart. But then think about telling that person about Jesus. Hope they didn't see me. The moment you think about telling somebody about Jesus, there is a timidness, there is a fear, there is an anxiety that comes over you that tries to stifle out 
the life of God, the word of God, the ministry of God, and the power of God to touch a world that desperately needs Jesus. More than they need a high five from an Alabama fan, they need the laying on of hands from a believer in Jesus Christ that can impart the power of God to set them free. You tell me you don't need the Holy Spirit, you need the Holy Spirit. Because without the Holy Spirit prompting you and empowering you, you would give in to fear and timidity. But when you acknowledge Him and you say, help me Holy Spirit, you know what I'll do? He'll give you boldness, He'll embolden you, He'll put fire in your tongue, and all of a sudden you'll open your mouth and you'll start talking and you'll walk away and say, what did I say? And the good news will be nothing. God did all the talking. We need the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you can't live a spiritually significant life without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to be a witness for Jesus Christ. I want to give you one more scripture and we're going to look at our last point. John 6, 63. Jesus said, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Capital S, Holy Spirit. It is the Spirit that gives life. The Holy Spirit gives life to your family, gives life to your marriage, gives life to your relationships, gives life to your job, gives life to your ministry, gives life to your occupation, your vocation, and your hobbies. It's the Holy Spirit that gives life to that. You know what's interesting is how quickly people get bored with things in the natural, right? In the natural, people get bored and we're always going from here and we're going to there and we're trying this and we're trying that and we're never really content. We can't ever really settle anything. We can't ever really become good at anything because we're constantly jumping around. Well, I'm bored with that now. Oh, I'm bored with that. Oh, that was yesterday and that was last week and that's the old hat. I want to tell you what will happen. When you invite the Holy Spirit into your life, He will give life to those things. And I'm not saying you shouldn't walk away from some of those things. You probably should. But I'm just saying one of the reasons we are so sporadic and chaotic in our lives and we can't ever stick and we can't ever stay the course and we can't ever master anything is because we're constantly easily bored because we live in our flesh instead of inviting the Holy Spirit who does what He does. He gives life. And guess what? You can get up and go to that job you hate tomorrow and you can have life on your job. Right? You don't have to hate it. You can have life on it. The people you don't like, guess what? You can have life. Ministering to them, praying for them. You can have life. That's what the Holy Spirit does. You tell me you don't need the Holy Spirit every moment of every day of your life. Yes, you do. Yes, I do. And it's by acknowledging Him, inviting Him, communing with Him, acknowledging Him, and walking with Him that we experience His presence. And his power. Last point. I'm just going to say what I've been saying one more time. You can write it down. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit is the key that unlocks everything. And when I say everything, I literally mean everything. It's the key that unlocks everything. I want to read to you these closing scriptures. 1 Corinthians 9. Uh, excuse me. 1 Corinthians 2. Verse 9 through 12. But it is written, The eye is not seen, nor is the ear heard, nor have entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And I love that scripture because it's probably the most misinterpreted verse of scripture in the Bible because usually we read that scripture and we stop. 
And we say, the eye is not seen, the ear is not heard, nor is entered in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And one day when we die and go to heaven, we're going to get to enjoy all the good things that God has. But I got some good news for you. The Bible doesn't stop right there. There's a verse 10. Look what verse 10 Paul says. The eye is not seen, the ear is not heard, nor is entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit the natural mind can't see it the natural ear can't hear it the natural heart can't receive it but God by the Holy Spirit has already begun to reveal all of those things that God has planned and purposed for our lives every good and perfect gift that God has for you is revealed to you made manifest in you through the person of the Holy Spirit then look what else he says. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? And even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Verse 12. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know. We have received the Spirit from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Through your relationship with the Holy Spirit, you see what God wants you to see. You hear what God wants you to hear. And you can receive everything that God has prepared for you. You don't have to wait till you die and go to heaven. Heaven comes to earth through the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now let me flip this coin and we're about to close in prayer. If your relationship with the Holy Spirit unlocks everything that you receive from God, then everything that you have not yet received from God is a direct result of your lack of relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's that lack of intimacy that's keeping you from seeing what God wants you to see. It's not that God doesn't want to show you. You're just not close enough to him so he can you ever looked out the window at your house and maybe you saw a squirrel climb up the tree or you saw a cat or dog run through the yard and you hollered at your wife and said, hey, honey, look at this. And she comes over there and you kind of got to put her in your spot. Slide right here. You got to look right over there. You see it? Look, look, look. See, until you're in intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, you can't see what he sees. You can't hear what he hears. And you can't receive what he has for you. But the moment you begin to walk with him and talk with him and invite him and acknowledge him into your daily life, he just pulls you right up and next to you and says, hey, let me show you this. I've been wanting to show you this for the last 20 years. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, hey, did you hear? Let me, let me tell you something. I've been wanting to tell you something for so long. And you've been struggling in your marriage for the last five years, and I want to tell you something. This one little thing is going to change everything. He's going to whisper. And then he's going to download some things into your heart. He's going to unlock some things in your life. And he's going to open some opportunities. And he's like, man, I've been wanting to do all these things for so long. And it's not that I haven't been willing and it hadn't been yours. It's been yours. Jesus paid for it. It's yours. It's been yours for a long time. He said, but you had not got close enough to me to be able to walk in the things that I wanted you to walk in. But here it is. It's yours. Your relationship, my relationship with the Holy Spirit unlocks everything. I want us to bow our heads this morning. I want to ask you two questions today. Number one, if you're here today and you're a Christian, how is your relationship with God through the Holy Spirit? How engaged is the Holy Spirit in your daily life? In the mundane, boring, repetitive things of life, how engaged 
is he? He is as engaged in your daily life as you invite him and acknowledge him to be. So I want to challenge you today. If you know God's got more, then you've got to commit to engaging more with the Holy Spirit. And what's great about that, let me just say this to you real quick, because we get real religious really quick. Well, Pastor Keith, that means I've got to read my Bible and pray and worship more. Well, probably so. But, maybe not. Because the Holy Spirit is not just interested in your life when you're praying, reading the Bible, and worshiping. He's interested in your life when you're on your job and you're up to your elbows in grease and you're working under the hood of a car. He's interested in your life when you're out there on the side of the road and you're covered head to toe in dirt and you're trying to get that piece of machinery that broke down back up and running again. He's interested in your life when you're sitting at the computer and you're trying to close the deal and you're trying to figure out how do I return this email and say the right words and how do I make this connection in a way that it's going to produce the fruit that we need to produce in our company. He's right there. When you're washing dishes, when you're mowing the grass, when you're changing the diapers, when you just screamed at your kids and you're feeling really bad, he's there. When all hell breaks loose and when heaven comes to earth, he's there. And he wants to be intimately involved and invited into those areas of your life. And the more you invite him in, the more he comes. So if you're here today and you're a Christian, I want to challenge. Let's take the next 21 days. Let's just raise the bar of that invitation. Let's engage and invite the Holy Spirit to be more involved in our lives than ever before. And last but not least, maybe you're here today. And maybe you don't know Jesus. And maybe you really don't know who the Holy Spirit is other than right now your heart's about to explode in your chest. And you know right now more than anything you need Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your Savior. And God is dealing with you. And that dealing and drawing is the Holy Spirit. That is Him compelling you to come. Drawing you unto Himself. And this is your moment today. And I say it every week. I'm going to ask you to do something very simple but very powerful. And here it is. I want to ask you to stand to your feet as a simple act of faith. It's simple. You stand up every day. You stood up and walked in here. You stood up and got out of bed this morning. You're going to stand up a hundred times tomorrow. But I want to ask you to stand up right now as an act of faith. It's simple, but it's powerful because the moment you acknowledge God, guess what? He comes. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. So if you're here today and you want to be saved and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you just to stand to your feet right now. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. Come on. Don't listen to that other voice. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit right now. He's telling you to stand. Just stand up. Just stand up right now all over this building. Just stand. You need Jesus. You need to be saved. God wants to forgive you. He wants to cleanse you of your past, give you a brand new future. And he wants to walk with you and talk with you, never leave you, never forsake you. It's yours. It's yours. If you want to stand right now, this is your moment. We're about to close in prayer. Father, we thank you today for the grace and the goodness of your son, Jesus. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for administering that grace and goodness to us today. Lord, I thank you that everything that has resonated and resounded and been downloaded in our heart today has been downloaded in us, not by a good preaching and not by a good singing, but Lord, it has been downloaded into us today by the Holy Spirit. Everything that we receive from you comes through the person of the Holy Spirit. So, Holy Spirit, we honor you and we thank you. Go with us and go before us and awaken us daily to who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord one round of applause. Amen.